really great day or a great time for our influence as Alfie Allen is now an award-nominated actor. Game of Thrones Season 8 is possibly one of the most celebrated award-nominated things ever. Yep. And no one cares about X-Men, so we've done our job. Mission accomplished. Mike and Matt's excellent adventures, the wheel breakers, it's all worked out well. But this is Big Spidey as I stealth this into an intro at episode 6 of our Spider-Man podcast. I am Matt Waters, I'm joined by Mike Thomas, the creator of the name Big Spideas, who on our last episode or on our Venom episode or something was like, is it not great Spideas? But who knows, are you over the name and how are you? I'm disappointed. I feel like we could have done better with the name. We struggled with this name. It was like the first name we ever had. Who knows? If that joke didn't happen, we might not be doing any of this. As you can read but, about um, in my, you know, my weepy essay on Into the Real World. I know. Oh, oh. That was so sweet. That was so sweet. <laughs> there you go. But speaking of so sweet, I guess, Spider-Man Far From Home. Sure. We do this Spider-Man podcast. I also do a Marvel podcast with Ben Phillips, Ben and Matt's Marvelous Journey. So... We're going to focus, when we do our episode on this, on, like, the MCU side of things, and you and I are going to knuckle down into, like, this as a Spider-Man movie, and obviously we want to talk about our thoughts about the movie overall, but also, you know, because we did the, Ra- the the Raimi trilogy as, like, one episode, and then we compared that with the web duology, <laughs> the amazing films, so I kind of want to pair this with Homecoming and, like, gauge where we're both at with this vision of spider-man with tom holland and and like the general vibe and and how we feel about that after this if any new thoughts come forward about homecoming and like where we feel it will go going forward and if we're excited and what not how does that sound sure that thing we decided on long in advance of this recording yeah is great big picture though what did you think of far from home i think it's really great that they targeted the World Cup fans so heavily (laughs) by making sure there was no doubt that one scene in the Netherlands that definitely was not filmed in the Netherlands took Mm -hmm. place in the Netherlands because everyone was wearing orange and nothing about orange. Sure. That, to me, was the big take-home message, is that this scene is (laughs) happening in the Netherlands. And then there's all the colored tulips. Big picture. It's kind of funny. I was... Because we had discussed, like, okay, we'll focus on Spider-Man. And you and Ben will do uh, MCU stuff with it. And I think that's a really great idea. The problem is all the most relevant stuff felt like it was MCU stuff. Like sure, it, not... it almost felt Oh no, and I'm not to like say we won't touch on those things, but it's yeah. more just like it was it's more of my comment on the film is that this felt very MCU y for better and for worse or or worse, I guess depending on your perspective. Do you think and... it feels more or less MC or the same as Homecoming did? I mean, because I mean that that I film think, has Iron Man in it and stuff, and this. But Iron Man is looming so heavily. Oh, over of course, this. of I course. Mean, it's, it's almost like he was in it. I'm surprised that they resisted having like an old video of him, that, yeah. like a lost recording <laughs> that they didn't know existed or something like yeah. didn't pop up in the movie. In Peter's mask uh, or in the glasses or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was shockingly restrained for them. Yeah, I mean, just like as a Spider-Man movie, it mostly he's still kind of a plucky underdog. I really like that they put him in a foreign country. I thought that was neat. Like, yeah. we've seen Spider-Man in New York in what feels like 500 movies. Yeah. I think the Spider-Man movies, more than any other superhero series, have felt the most repetitive to me. In that it's Spider-Man, he's down on his luck, he's in <laughs> New York, there is a new villain, and 
Aunt May and MJ get in trouble. Yeah. It just kind of felt like that's what we've been do- doing nonstop. So it felt very fresh to be overseas. Yeah. One of the things I liked about Homecoming was that they resisted skyscrapers. You know, they did more like flat ground and like the suburbs. and they, they Yeah. And this yeah, is a like... far more extreme version of that. But yeah, they are trying to not just make another Raimi film. New York is huge. Like it cannot be emphasized how huge New York is. And Manhattan is such a tiny little slither of New York <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And it's not to say that they shouldn't do stuff in Manhattan or it doesn't make for cool scenes. It's just like, New York is fucking huge. There are five boroughs, four real ones. We don't have to count Stat Island. <laughs> and it's just, there's there's literally and metaphorically so much ground to cover. Yeah. But having said that, I, I thought it was kind of fun to put him out of his comfort zone a little bit. Definitely. Other than that, like, like the villain of the week, I knew Mysterio was a villain. I guess like five percent of me was like okay maybe there's a really tiny chance they're just going with something different here Hmm. but also it's like this is such an excellent parody of anti-hero like superhero (laughs) stuff especially mcu stuff i'm like there's no way this disingenuous and flat superhero is actually a superhero like it was like a parody of an mcu superhero and i also want to say that maybe jake was playing it quite wooden yeah, because no, no, I, I, the I, I, guy I, was meant to be like yeah. pretending. It wasn't so much a criticism of. I mean, I think what they were trying to do is what they did. They committed to it for so long that it kind of like dragged a little bit for me, just because I'm like, man, when is like the the actual Jake Gyllenhaal going to stand up? And then, I mean, the bar scene is clearly him having the most fun. Yeah, and for me, they couldn't have gotten to that bit fast enough. Like, I yeah. Like, they trimmed some stuff out to get them to Europe quicker, and I wish they'd trimmed so I mean, it's not that Europe is bad. Like, my when I walked out, my thought was, they should have just taken this Euro trip and turned it into, like, a thing for their Disney streaming service as, like, a Freaks and Geeks-style, like, half-hour comedy. It's just, like, here's this class, like, fucking around in Europe. Because it's not that it's bad or boring, it's just, it's kind of, like... I don't know, it doesn't feel like a big summer blockbuster movie until, like, the Mysterio stuff really takes off. Like, that big reveal, it's like, okay, here we go. I I don't think it was bad, as I said. It's just I don't think I ever really want to see it again, that first hour, maybe. I I would push back a little bit in that I think that was probably the most fun part of the movie to me. And I think it's the part of the movie that they felt the most comfortable doing. And everything else kind of just felt obligatory in a lot of ways. A little bit, yeah. Uh, and so, also, like, Peter, I, I literally almost should have said Tony. Peter becoming the new Tony Stark, it's like, this is a big, like, I guess, controversy a little bit. Him having access to all the technology in the world, like, even in yeah. this down and like, it's just kind of like, it's not really Spider-Man. No. And it's not so much that it's bad, it's just, yeah, why not just make a young Iron Man character then? Yeah, you know, like, I think, but I think that's the big thing they're trying to hammer home is, he doesn't want to be the next Tony and like happy even tells him you don't have to be the next Tony. But like by the end of it, that is thrust upon him as this is your legacy. And it's like, yeah, for better or worse, mirroring I am Iron Man with he is Peter Parker. It's like after he you know, resists the right. role. And I thought that was, and you know, shout out to them getting J.K. Simmons back. By far so, the loudest reaction in yeah. the theater. 
I had kind of, of sussed out that that was happening based on some of the buzz that was going. I was like, there's only one person that could get this kind of reaction, and I'm guessing it's... And there he is. Welcome, though, and turning him into a bit of a Alex Jones-type guy instead of a newspaper mogul, I thought was a good beat. Yeah, leaves them in an interesting position, which, you know, Ben and I will discuss. But, like, I love this cast. Like, I love this group of kids. I thought they gave Ned a lot more to do in his little really fast relationship was kind of funny and like I think Flash is great as like a you know modern douchebag kid instead of like you know the stereotypical movie jock and Zendaya is amazing as far as I'm concerned it's just I don't know I kept just being like when are we gonna get to the big superhero shit and like you know we've discussed this a lot and like the big superhero shit is very cookie cutter at this point but I also on some level I'm just so trained to expect it that when it's not there, I'm I feel like antsy. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a reflection of the their conditioning, though. Like, I almost wish the whole film had none of it. Well, that's what I'm so... saying. I I think it would be cool to take this group of kids and just do a high school fucking comedy show where you never see him in the Spider-Man suit, or if you do, it's because he's like just got back from being Spider-Man. You know, just follow this yeah. group of kids and these teachers around. I'd be down for that in a sort of long form TV show format. It's just in a two-hour movie. I was kind of like, like I said, it just involuntarily. Know, you know like, they're going to do when you know they're going to do it. It's not like we, we, you thought this movie was going to have none of that stuff in it, right? Oh like, no, sure, I, sure, I, sure. So what, what I'm saying is, like, when you know they're going to do it, it's kind of like, well, let's make that meaningful. Let's try to not make it feel obligatory. And yeah, I don't think they did a good job of that. Yeah, and like you know, Martin um, so, Starr was great with like you know his wife pretended that she got blipped and left him. I thought that was really good. I loved how like, it wasn't just Martin Starr playing the stock Martin Starr. Yeah, that was the first time I feel like he's done something different in his entire career that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> he has always. Just it was like it was like it was the first time I thought Martin Starr was actually acting. I was kind of surprised by that. JB Smooth is amazing. If you haven't watched later seasons of Kirby Enthusiasm, that dude is just so fucking funny. Yeah. Jake, it felt kind of like a waste. Like we're we're both pretty big Jake Gyllenhaal fans or oh, yeah. Gyllenhaal fans. Oh, yeah. So for him, one to just be, it's kind of like Kate Blanchett. I mean, I guess it's like if you're only going to use them once at least kill them so they're not like a villain that just keeps like or i don't know but there are already theories going around that he's like faked his death and we'll see him again i I kind of wish that is not the case but i thought so the big bar scene like from the second they they played this card of like oh mysterio is a hero it's like well he's clearly summoning these monsters through magic or whatever and uh, to make himself look good and like they did find a unique way to slightly remix that thing that felt telegraphed. And then, you know, the big reveal in the bar, like, incredibly exposition-y, but I think Jake is such a good actor that he just about made that work. Yeah. And it was cute the way they, like, tied it all in with, like, past stuff in the MCU. And When you said cute, were your hands making quotation marks? Because mine were. Uh... <laughs> oh, I thought it was like, okay, fair enough. I didn't see that coming. Fair play to you. Uh, yeah, cute. <laughs> I thought the Mysterio like nightmare sequences were the big one with like you know the Iron the zombie Iron Man and the many Peters. I thought that was the best scene in the movie and one of the coolest. You know, things it was interesting. That was that reminded me of watching Spider Man the animated series. Yeah, and it was so jarring because they'd never done anything like that. I don't think I feel negatively about it. It was more just like I have to acknowledge just how jarring it was to yeah. do a scene like that. 
But this is the kind of stuff films. that people are like daring Marvel to do more of, you know, like yeah. get a bit visually different, get a bit trippy. And I kind of wish there was a bit more Mysterio and a bit less. Well, again, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't hate the, the, the kids in Europe stuff. It's just I really liked where they took Mysterio after that. And like, you know, I like that he's wearing I... like a, a mocap suit that they the actual actors wear for these fucking movies and, and and the degree to which he was like staging his scenario and safely up on the bridge the whole time i thought all that was pretty cool and the way they I, did the, how... the spider sense at the end i'll say as well because i mean we're so used to that like you know flashing stuff around him to show that he can sense it and then just to do it as like a quick like like i wasn't even immediately sure what the hell was going on he just suddenly grabs him i thought that was like a good way to to show spider sense with the death at the end but to me how i interpret it is that that bar scene is kind of amazing in a lot of ways mm-hmm. everything before it and everything after it felt kind of stuck his fake hero stuff was like sinfully stupid and boring <laughs> I, I like and, and again not criticism because that was clearly like their intention and i think possibly it was worth it and then everything after that became very two-dimensional very very quickly after the bar scene at least hinted at some signs of nuance there you know it's not really going there but mm. when they tease nuance and don't deliver it it's just kind of i will say frustrating. i will say that while i you know i've said on this podcast and all over the internet that i prefer this vision of spider-man to the previous ones we've had not counting spider-verse because that almost feels like a separate thing and it's great but i will say that the one area i feel that these two films that have been in the mcu are lagging behind is sort of big over-the-top action sequences like i felt the fights with like the fire elemental and stuff i thought that was really just not that interesting and for as flawed as some of those movies are in places they did get right the like giant stupid comic book movie fight stuff because they're going for like he's just starting out and i guess he will ramp up to these bigger things but in terms of just like directing an action scene i feel that is a place where they are a little bit weaker i mean there's also just not that much for them to do like Mm. with what they have like they've purposely limited what they can physically do with their action scenes by i mean if anything it was like almost i thought it was like part of the joke of how boring the elementals were i'm not gonna give them a lot of credit for parodying themselves because like it's still them i'm not gonna give them bonus points for doing a a fake bad job when they've done a lot of real bad jobs (laughs) but i also don't think the fight with mysterio at the end is that good either no it's not that's my point that's like nothing they really like they've kind of like paint themselves into a corner so that the only thing they can really hang their hat on is the stuff with the kids and i think that stuff works yeah i think Um, i think the real i really enjoy that stuff yeah the heart and soul of this this new version is like a very strong class ensemble and thank god they all conveniently blipped so they're all still together and but yeah right uh, (laughs) yeah i think there is a lot of stuff to mine from this group uh i don't know if they're doing four films but they're certainly i think they're just doing three is the idea yeah i think they've switched to just doing three i think the original rumor was four year four films four years of high school and now it's kind of shifted towards not doing and like the assumption is he's gonna fight the whole sinister six or whatever but i mean they haven't really done a huge i mean they're all in play like across homecoming alone i think you get four of them in there so they're sort of subtly there but i don't know to suddenly go and here's the sinister six would be a bit jarring and there's no doc arc obviously who's like the spider-man villain so i don't know maybe they do want to do four in the end or maybe they want to do 
three Spider-Man solo movies and then do some sort of big dumb team up with Venom against the Sinister Six, which will suck probably, but hey. Like, I cannot fathom them putting Venom and Tom Holland Spider-Man together, but they will probably do it. Yeah, I hadn't heard the Sinister Six rumor. If that is for real, then I think they need two more movies to make that feel earned. Yeah. Well, um, they've been dancing around... Sony have been dancing around that since Andrew Garfield was there. And, you know, they wanted to do a whole Sinister Six movie and build a universe, and that all got killed. But then yeah. Homecoming has, you know, Scorpion and Vulture and Shocker and someone else, I think. And then, you know, Mysterio's here, and I feel they will make some attempt to do it and as i said maybe they'll save it for like a venom and spider-man and someone else versus the i mean but let's be real like sony obviously is a huge has some agency on this like if marvel doesn't want it to happen it's not happening sony can make any movie they want they just they can make any movie they want maybe legally they can i don't think anything happens without marvel's full consent yeah, it's like the whole Marvel Spider-Man Venom crossover stuff. Like Feige's very like, yeah, I'm sure they'll do it because like they are like distancing themselves from their vision of Venom, and it's like if they make it, that's their thing. But the real quote unquote Spider-Man is is the one we're making. But I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But you know, I love Zendaya a lot. I thought she was great here. She got even more to do than she did in Homecoming, and I just thought it was a very like true to life little romance between them it wasn't overdone it was like just the two of them being a bit awkward and it's nice to see her being kind of awkward as well but in a realistic way i guess as someone whose job it is is to be around (laughs) 16 18 year olds i can assure you that a lot of the actions taken in this movie were very true to life for better (laughs) and for worse (laughs) to me i i know she isn't getting a huge amount but i think she is Doing a better job than Kirsten Dunst was. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I mean, Emma Stone got some good stuff, but Emma Stone was also largely playing what audiences perceive to be herself. I mean, I guess like we probably actually because I don't think there's really not a lot to talk about with this movie, honestly. <laughs> I it's probably at this point it's like comparing what what's come before it and it's probably the most interesting thing that could happen to me it's obviously this is the best set of spider-man movies i think so i i don't even really think it's a question i I think you take the charm you take all the good parts mostly of all of them and you limit the bad parts of all of them i do think as as we said like they owe us like a big fucking goofy action scene in the third one but other than that yeah like the i think the acting is better i think the direction and the sort of style of it is really a lot better and like you know Raimi was kind of he's going for like hammy and sort of over the top so I'll forgive him that it's just that's not really my cup of tea in the same way that something like this is this has a very youthful authentic energy to me and I respond to that far more than I do a Sam Raimi movie (laughs) yeah I mean like they actually look and feel like teenagers like they're not 45 years old playing teenagers (laughs) i mean like i know that's an exaggeration yeah i mean we've obviously talked about at length but you know the raimi films are just not for me i think that there's one thing i appreciate about them is that they're like a very specific author's vision Mm -hmm. which we don't that's probably the one positive from them that we don't have um, in this one which is that this feels very much conformed to the mcu vision yeah which, you know, like, you know, means we laugh a lot in the theater and things like that. But, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't have that individual author voice that I think Spider-Man would benefit from. Which, and that is which, more present in Into the Spider-Verse, I would say. Yeah. 
it, it's kind of weird that like Samuel Jackson's back to being all in in Marvel. <laughs> yeah, um, it felt guess... like they were quietly trying to break up with him because of money, and then surprise, he's <laughs> bigger all than over ever. the place all of a sudden. It's more of a topic for you and Ben. I'm not well, no, really you give worthy. your <laughs> you give your thoughts on it. I'm just saying I don't want to repeat myself. No, no, no. It, so. it should not. It should absolutely not have been the focus of. They really don't want to give Colby Smulders anything to do. It's such a I know, kind it's of very weird, strange, weird. It feels like they I... cast her in Avengers and then decided they hate her, but she's got a contract, so they'll but put like, her in But at this it. point, her contract can't possibly... No, her I... original contract can't possibly still be going. I wouldn't have thought so either, but they keep putting her in a movie for like a minute or 30 seconds and giving a fuck yeah. all to do. Probably Good her thing... second most screen time after Winter Soldier, but like she did nothing. Yeah. The only thing she did in this that stood out to me was when she was like, ah, I gotcha, after she fired the rocket launcher. And it's like, that's five seconds, but... It wasn't even her character. Yeah, true. <laughs> I really like that Peter, like, scienced his way to victory at the end. Him exploiting the Mysterio, the, like the drone and like cobbling together a little shield and all of that. I thought that was a nice little beat that, you know, he is a genius in a less flashy way than a Tony or whoever, but I thought that was a nice beat. I like, you know, it's on the nose, obviously, but him basically doing the Iron Man 1 stuff with the Jarvis and the, you know, building the suit with the holographic tech and all that, I thought that was quite nice and John Favreau looking on at him wistfully. We need one scene of John Favreau saying Tony was my best friend and then someone saying you were Iron Man's best friend. It was like, well, I don't know if I was his best friend, but <laughs> he was my best friend. Like, and that would just cover so much territory and make it so okay that he's involved, so involved in these. Like, we just need someone to point out that Tony was his best friend, but he wasn't Tony's best friend, and that will make me feel a lot better about how heavily he involved is at this point. Yes, that is fair. <laughs> I mean, I think probably a big thing happening in this movie that is not immediately clear is that there is some big plan for the uh the main franchise in the mcu the avengers they were not available to no. deal with this problem with the elementals problem samuel l jackson is in a giant spaceship ben mendelson blissfully <laughs> uh, returns for one gorgeous scene of ben mendelson's he's a cree he's a scroll he's a, cree? He's a scroll yeah cree are white black or blue scrolls sure. are all green Sure. Yeah. Awesome. So there's something going on there. Yeah. I I guess it's intriguing. I'm like I'm I'm mildly curious. I it's, mean we don't there's it, a Marvel movie coming out in six months and we know nothing about it. We don't yeah. know what it is. Ben and I are holding off on reviewing until, you know, all of those announcements get made at Comic Con yeah. because we don't, the, we don't the future know anything is about it. Blank. And this was I'll give it to them. Like after Endgame, it was like, well, what's Spider Man gonna do that's gonna have any impact on the overall Marvel universe? And it's like, to be fair to them, quite a lot apparently. <laughs> I could have done with some more Marissa Tomei personally, and I'm sure they cut a lot of her scenes for you know pre leaving for Europe because obviously the first one ending with her finding out he's Spider Man and then she's just cool with it. And this one, I'm not saying I needed to like see the immediate aftermath of her finding that out and gradually accepting it but i kind of i don't know i could have done with uh, an extra scene or two of those two together and funny to do a joke where someone says oh my god you look amazing you blipped it's like nope still here for five years just <laughs> look amazing <laughs> I, I don't know what a queen uh, one more quick funny thing so they do that fake, or not fake, but the In Memoriam video for the Avengers. <laughs> and in the theater, huge applause for Tony. 
Yeah. Huge applause for Captain America. Yeah. Very, I would say the very least polite applause for uh, Black Widow. A smattering. And then they show a vision and people are like, what? Huh? Who's that? <laughs> oh. oh, right. Oh, oh. oh Lord, let's, let's clap it up for vision. Everyone's favorite vision. <laughs> How do you not do that in reverse order? How do I know. You... I know. <laughs> Like, they did do the, like, student TV stuff in the first one, but I don't think they ever, like, filled the screen with it. And I thought it was, like, a nice little, you know, yeah. like, the kids swearing and stuff, and just it being so shitty, and, yeah. I'm telling you, I think I think these movies are just kids' movies that should have very, very minimal <laughs> superhero superhero stuff in them. That's what I'm saying, Freaks and Geeks on Disney Plus with Martin Starr. It's all perfect. Or written it's by... It's fine, it's a two-hour yeah. movie. Yeah. It's fine. It's a two-hour movie. One, two big action scene, or three, like a quick teaser action scene. Yeah. A big one in the middle, a big one at the end, and everything else is just the kids. I think that is the ideal way to go forward. Sure. Personally speaking. Well then, I don't really have a lot on it. You consider that we did three Spider-Man movies in one podcast episode and stuff, and now it's like we're doing twenty-minute episodes on individual movies. I still feel good about. You know Marvel's vision of Spider-Man compared to the other ones, and yeah, I mean, like they had to get away from Sony. Jameson being back is huge to that and making it. I mean, there's a reason they never. I didn't get the feeling he's like going to be a big part of it. No, maybe not, but it's nice that he yeah is back and like that they never even attempted to recast that dude and as they never should have. Yeah, Like, like clearly. One person will ever can ever play J. Jonah Jameson, and it's J.K. Simmons, and uh, yeah. that was a huge applause. That was one that probably one of the loudest moments I've ever had in a movie theater. I, I look forward to where they go from here. I would imagine we'll probably get some kind of animated Spider-Man film before we get a third one of these. But and, we can um, watch all the Blade episodes in Spider-Man. Yeah, and you can... uh, okay, but we didn't. I guess we didn't actually talk about probably the most important thing, which is how do we feel about uh, Spider-Man being unmasked going forward? Yeah, because he's like Captain Secret Identity, really, and you know, obviously they feel that secret identities are kind of played out, but you kind of figure Spider-Man would be the one dude. To kill to cling on to it but like as you said like they felt very repetitive and i think a big part of that is the secret identity so i guess it is a very different direction to take it but like they unmasked him in the comics for a huge event a few years ago and then it sucked and they immediately reversed it and i'm not saying they'll do that here but like i don't see how the next thing they do isn't just a great big giant the villain goes after MJ type thing. and It feels like a big shock that has written themselves into a corner. A little bit. Like, I really hope they wrote this with a plan of where to go with it. Not just yeah. the next film, but potentially past that. Because if they just thought, this would be cool without a huge plan, then they're in some trouble. There's speculation that, you know, he needs a good lawyer and Marvel can use Daredevil in 2020 and onwards. But I don't know about that. It, it just feels like unmasking Peter is a an endgame move, pun not intended. <laughs> Tom Holland has been in approximately 800 films of Spider-Man at this point in the last three years, so it feels like he's been around for a long time, yeah. but really we're just getting to go know Spider-Man and just getting to know Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah. So it feels like we're in the middle of his story yeah. uh, and not at the end, so I'm a little concerned. I can see the comedic vision of what it will look like when he's in high school uh, yeah. as unmasked 
and I, the stuff with Flash with him, yeah, you know, loving Spider Man, hating Peter, and where they go. But now it's just so blatant. The yeah. person's gonna go after his friends and family, like, yeah. and I, eh. I really don't like the trope of like Peter and MJ eh. having to break up because he's Spider Man. Like, I kind of <laughs> wish those kids. Oh, could just I mean, if they go out. in that direction, that's just gonna be that's gonna be really yeah. sad. Let's have some faith. Let's hope that they had a plan when they did this, and we'll see what that plan ends up being. But... I'm confident they have a plan. I'm yeah. not confident it's going to be a plan that meets my expectations. <laughs> and my expectations are it should be good. Your expectations that... are lofty, Mike Thomas. Uh, we oh. would expect nothing less from the, the premiere in podcasting and, and dumb listicles uh, enter the real world.com. 200 episodes. Huge. Three years. 200 episodes. I know. I still have not listened back to the Dark Phoenix podcast. I'm afraid <laughs> I sound like a jerk on it. <laughs> I think it was actually ultimately entertaining, even if it was arduous for me to record. But yeah, go listen to that now, into the real world.com, Mike and Matt's Excellent Adventures, and listen to everything we got going. Me and Ben, we have our podcast. There will be movies. I don't know how quickly I'm going to get this up, but we'll have probably done Almost Famous and Memento, and maybe it's Training Daytime. I don't know. Some of our favorite movies from the decade 2000 to 2009. That podcast will go on for years and years. Mike, please don't shut the website down. And you should do more things. Look out for Mike Thomas writing stuff. I got no idea. I mean, I got some ideas, but... Okay. Nothing I'm gonna... You I think this is the year I finally have the Sopranos Christopher Columbus episode oh. ready for Columbus Day weekend. I've been working on this <laughs> for like seven years. Your magnum opus. Okay, well... And then basically what happens that. is every year, all of a sudden it's Columbus Day and I'm like, fuck, I don't have time to write this properly. And then I don't. <laughs> Fingers crossed, this will be the year. Yeah, let's get yeah. that day off the calendar, everyone. But let's enjoy that piece from Mike Thomas when he writes it. You've really fucked yourself this time because it's on record now that you want to do it. Unless you've publicly yeah. shared that that's a plan before. I, don't know. I probably said I've wanted to write something before, yeah. but... I really hope this is the year I remember to do it. Because it's a really fucking funny episode, and historically, (laughs) it's considered the worst episode of the show, and I think it's ridiculous. And it really annoys me. (laughs) Well, look out for that on EnterTheRealWorld.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Big Spideas, one of the only ones I've ever done without any notes. Can you tell from how loose and unorganized it feels? Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to Great Spideas. (laughs) 